Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. What's up? This is DBE and I'm your host, Stevie G. Today's episode is a good one, but before we dive in, I've got a few quick things to mention. A quick reminder to hit that subscribe or follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you are listening. You can visit dbetravel.com to check out the entire episode library and support the show on Patreon. And don't forget that Destinations Beyond Expectations is on groupexperience.com as well, so you can listen to the show there too. Be sure to follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and if you like the show, spread the word. Okay, my guest today is Laura from the Travel 80 by 80 blog. Laura loves to travel and see the world with her family, and today she joins me to talk through some of the adventures her family experienced on a trip to the country of Belize, which included exploring a cave, swimming with sharks, and much more. Laura has a blog post that pairs very nicely with the chat we'll be having, so be sure to scroll down to the show notes to find her article. I think you'll enjoy today's conversation. Laura did such a wonderful job of detailing some of the epic stops on her family's trip. So let's dive in and learn more about the adventures you may want to add to your Belize itinerary. Laura, welcome back to Destinations Beyond Expectations. It's so great to see you again. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back on here. Of course. And Laura, on today's episode, we'll be talking about the country of Belize and we'll be using your One Week in Belize with Kids blog post to talk through some of the epic adventures you experienced that someone perhaps can add to their Belize itinerary as well. Let's start things off by just talking about where Belize is on the map and what drew you and your family to want to visit. Okay, sure. So Belize is located in Central America, so it borders Mexico to the north, Guatemala is to the west, and then the Caribbean Sea to the east. And so honestly, when we went, there were a lot of complexities uh, with travel at that time frame. And so we really wanted to travel to a place where it wasn't too far from the U.S. and it was easy to get to and from. And to be honest, I mean, that just really works anytime now, whether there's complexities or not. So it's just a great location regardless for that. And then couple the fact that we had heard about all the amazing adventures that you can have there. So uh, we were we were convinced and that's why we chose to go there. Cool. And just kind of for the record, I mean, we're recording this right now on November 1st. And you said the time you went was a little more complex as far as travel goes. Things are probably a lot more open and easy to get to Belize now. But when did you actually go to Belize? Yeah, so we went in June of 2021. So the borders were open there. They actually weren't open in Guatemala, um, which a lot of people sometimes piggyback on those two countries. And to be honest, at that time, when we went Belize, they just did it right. They, that country, we were so impressed by how they, their safety, and um, they had this gold standard with hotels and tour operators, and we just felt really comfortable. And I think by seeing that, how they did that back in 2021, I know just moving forward. I just just think it's a really great country to go to in terms of bringing kids there. Even if you're solo, they just they just have it down. So we were really comfortable. Well, that is great to know. Let's take a little bit closer look at your time in Belize and talk through some of the highlights of your eight day trip. Now, the first thing I want to ask you about is your accommodations in Belize. You stayed at the lodge in Chaw Creek for part of your trip, and you also stayed at the Xanadu Island Resort for part of your trip. Can you talk about where these properties are located in Belize and some of the notable amenities at each place? 
Yeah, so definitely. So when we started booking our trip, we really wanted to do a little bit of the beach and jungle. And we started off first in the jungle because we thought that would be more of the adventurous activities. And then we would end on the beach for the relaxation bit. Actually, there was some adventure there too. So we had a little bit of both, but it worked well. So um, as you mentioned, we first stayed in the jungle at the lodge at Chaw Creek. And that's located in the San Ignacio region. It's about a two hour drive from the airport or from Belize City. So it's really not too far. Uh, this resort blew us away. So they have 23 cottage style rooms. Think of those as more your standard type of rooms and they have large patios on them. And then they have certain type of villas. And we stayed in one, which is called a treetop villa, which was amazing. So if anyone ever goes, I definitely recommend looking into that. And then due to availability, uh, we actually could only do two nights in the treetop villa. And so then our other two were in the standard cottage room, which was great because we just got a good chance to experience both types. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to talk about the treetop villa real quick. So it's literally like a treetop, you know, on a villa. And when you walk in, it's a wood style wraparound deck. There's shade lounges, there's a dining table, there's a private plunge pool, and then you literally have nature and the jungle just surrounding you. And you have the river below you that can lull you to sleep. You have howler monkeys you might hear in the middle of the night, which is really cool to be woken up to. I mean, it's definitely... And experience. And then in terms of other amenities there, they have a pool, they have river activities like canoeing and tubing. Uh, you can do uh, nature hikes. There's a medicinal trail, butterfly garden. I mean, I could go on and on. They just have so many things that you can do right there on the property if you want, um, but obviously you can get off as well. And then, oh, one other thing I should mention, breakfast is included with your stay, but if you want to do an all-inclusive option, you can, and, and that includes lunch and dinner. We actually normally don't travel that way, but for this particular trip at this resort, we did just because we knew we were gonna be based primarily there for our meals and we didn't have a car. Um, and so it actually worked great and the food was wonderful. And so while I think that's an awesome location for the jungle, um, I think our location at the beach was also just as wonderful. And that we stayed at the Xanadu Resort and that's located on Ambergris Key. And that is just a short flight from the mainland. Uh, and it's the resort is really located just a few miles outside of the downtown area. And uh, if you haven't been there, it's really cool because the main mode of transportation is golf carts. So the resort there has golf carts that you can just rent and drive you know, a couple minutes into town. Um, okay, and then the rooms here, they're so spacious. They're wonderful. You have a kitchen, you have a dining room, a living room area. They have oceanfront rooms. They have a you know beach right there with a pier where you can also rent paddle boards and kayaks and they have bikes. So not to rent, they're all complimentary. A pool and a spa. And then um, there's a little grocery store really quick, just across the street if you need to. And then as I mentioned, lots of the restaurants are just a um, a short drive away by a golf cart. So it's both are wonderful places, I think, in different areas of the country. You know, another great thing, too, about the Lodge at Chaw Creek, which you brought up first, is that they have canoes and tubes that you can use to explore the McCall River. I know you and your family decided to get out on the McCall River. What was that experience like? Okay, that was absolutely the best. So that was our first full day there. And we decided we, we really just wanted to have a day relaxing at the property and just enjoying the amenities. Um, and so we wanted to get on the river. So in the morning, we borrowed their tubes. You just walk down and get in the river there. We each had our own tube and then a really short paddle. And while we thought it might be a little bit more uh 
like the water would be a little faster moving than we thought. It was really slow, but it was perfect because it just gave us the time to just sit there, absorb you know, all of the nature, the animals around us, enjoy our time together. Of course, we had fun splashing each other and whatnot. So you just kind of float down a little bit. And then on the left-hand side, there's a little pier that you get off on. You leave your tubes there and then you hike back. So that's what we did in the morning. And then the afternoon, and that was downriver. Then in the afternoon, we decided let's go upriver. So we got in canoes because we thought that'd be a little bit easier than the tubes. And we just paddled a little bit upriver. And it was not really that tough. There was a little bit of light rapids, barely anything, you know, just enough have fun with the kids uh, so those were both really fun and then if you want to be a little more adventurous you can actually take the canoes or, I mean I guess you could take the tubes too it might take a little bit longer but you can go all the way into the main town of San Ignacio you can drop uh, you know the tubes or canoes there and then the resort will come back and pick you up there so uh, that's also just a fun option if you want to do but it's a beautiful river just to explore and there was no one out there when we were there it was amazing that's awesome. Very, very cool. Now, your blog speaks very, very highly of the next thing I want to get your thoughts on, and that is the ATM cave. It's something that you write is a must-see site in Belize. If you aren't claustrophobic and don't mind those kind of you know close, dark spaces, I'd love to hear more about your experience at the ATM cave and things that you think people should know about before they visit. Okay. This hands down is one of the best experiences we have had as our family. And literally just the other day, I was asking my kids about what their top experience has been. And both of them said this, we all say this, it's just one of those, it's hard, I will do my best to describe it. And you can't see from pictures or videos, but it's just one of those must do experiences. It's just so captivating and just um, so memorable. So, okay. So basically I think what makes it so incredible besides the fact that you get to witness this history so up close is I really don't think that this would be possible to do in the U.S. or many other countries because you are literally so close to these ancient artifacts without any barriers separating you. Um, you can't bring your phone or your camera in. So you really just have this completely immersed in uninterrupted time to just enjoy the experience, which as you know, that doesn't happen so often these days. So right. it was really nice to have that. Uh, let's see, okay, in terms of basics, so you'll wanna wear, because you are gonna be in water, you'll wanna wear board shorts or some type of bathing suit bottom. Um, you'll wear, uh, we wore long sleeve water shirts just because we knew the water was gonna be a little cold. And then we wore water shoes and socks. Yes, socks are strange, I'll tell more about that, but you do have to wear those. And then they provide you with a helmet and a headlamp. Okay, and then when you start off, it takes about 45 minutes to walk there. So you'll just be walking on a trail and then you will wade through three different rivers. Some are waist high, but they do have a rope that kind of extends the width of the river to hold on to if, if the water's too deep, uh, but that was fun. And then once you get to the cave, you literally swim across to the opening, slither you know, between and over some rocks, and then you're in the cave. And then this is really where it's fun because you're walking, you know, at some parts it's ankle deep water. It wasn't too high, uh, but it's dark. And, you know, at one point they told everyone to turn their headlamps off and you couldn't see a thing, which was just amazing to imagine what it was like back then. And then other times you'll be slithering and kind of crawling through and over some rocks. It's not as tough as maybe I make it sound. It's just, it's an adventure. And then you'll come into these like cathedral-like chambers with all this Mayan artifacts surrounding. It's, it's incredible. Um, 
after probably about an hour of walking, you'll get to the final uh, sacrificial place, so to speak, and you'll climb up these rocks and that's where you'll take off your shoes because they want you to only wear your socks because you're walking so close to these artifacts. They want you to step so closely so you can feel the ground and make sure that you're not breaking anything. Um, part of the reason why they don't let phones or cameras anymore is a tourist many years ago dropped their camera and it broke a skull. So they're very aware of that. So they want anyone that's visiting to just take extra note of this. Oh, and I should mention, you do have to go with the guide. And I thought this was really interesting because there's, I think it's only 24 or so guides that go through this intense training program to be allowed to go through this cave. So you know, when you're experiencing this, you are really with um, people who know it best, really appreciate what they're showing you and know the history. So besides an adventure, you're also getting this historical lesson as well. All right, so you've taken off your shoes, you're walking through, you're seeing the artifacts, you're stepping over skulls, all of this. Then you eventually come to the final place where you climb up a ladder and in this small cave area, you'll find the, I guess, final resting place of where they had these sacrificial rituals. And there's a full uh, skeletal body of a teenager. They're not sure if it's a boy or a girl, but definitely a teenaged child. And that's where they were sacrificed. So. It's really moving for any age person to do this, I think, just to see what happened. It's amazing to see how far back they went uh, to conduct these rituals, and it's it's incredible. It's definitely a, an incredible experience I would recommend to anyone. Even if you're claustrophobic and don't like the dark, I think you should try to do it. Well, that sounded like a really uh, unique experience, definitely something I would have on my list. And if you're out there listening and you enjoy history, you might want to add this next thing uh, we're going to be covering on the episode to your Belize itinerary. Laura, the San Ignacio region of Belize has a few Mayan ruins that someone can visit. I know you and your family visited the largest Mayan ruin in Belize, which is called Caracol. What, you know, what was that experience like? That was amazing. And so real quick, before I talk about that, and I know I mentioned this on the beginning um, about how some people will couple Guatemala with Belize. So a lot of people, when they come to Belize and they go to the San Ignacio region, will travel to Tikal, which many, many people have heard of. Um, that's one of the, you know, a very large mine site. And that's where a lot of people go to because it's easy to drive to from that area. It's just across the border. Now, when we were there, as I mentioned, the borders were closed, so we couldn't. So we started um, looking into other places, which actually was probably, in my opinion, wonderful to do since we were actually visiting Belize, we should see the sites in Belize. And we realized that there were three different sites, Mayan ruined sites right nearby. Uh, two are actually in that main San Ignacio downtown area. And then the other one, Caracol, which we went to, is about a two hour drive. And we thought, you know what, let's go to this one because it's the furthest away. We had heard that not as many people go because it's harder to get to. You do want to have a four by four type of vehicle. We went with the guide. The roads were paved half the way and the other way were kind of bumpy. It does look like they are starting to pave them more. So I think it will be more accessible to people down the road. So if you are going now, I'd advise going there so you can see it before it gets too crowded with tourists. Um, but it's amazing. Honestly, when we were there, there were probably 
two, three other groups at the most. So it felt like we just had the entire place to explore on our own. Um, and it is the largest Mayan ruin in Belize. So about 140,000 people used to live there, which is just incredible. I think what I really loved most about this site is what they tend to do here, which is different than some other sites, is their goal is to excavate and not replicate. So really what you see is how it was. They're slow in excavating it because they, you know, they obviously don't want to damage anything and they're not putting something up additional to make it look like how it did. And so you'll also see these grass hills that the jungle eventually took over and underneath those hills are where some ruins lay and those haven't been excavated yet. So eventually I think you will be able to see just this enormous Mayan site that was there so many years ago. Um, there's a lot of structures you can walk up. You know, you'll see from the pictures that it looks like just these very steep stairs getting to one top level. And I think what was so cool, which I didn't realize is that once you get to the top level, there may be one more, maybe two more levels that you can't see from the ground that just go up there. It's amazing to see how these people lived um, back then. So that I, I would I would recommend it. I think if you want to go to a place that's undisturbed, doesn't have many tourists right now, you still get to see what the history is like of these sites um, and witness the largest mine ruin in Belize, then I would definitely visit there. So, uh, you know, another thing that's really cool about your article is the underwater pictures that's included. Uh, and I know your family did some snorkeling at the whole Chan Marine Reserve and Shark Ray Alley. Tell us more about snorkeling. And in particular, I really, really want to know about how swimming with the sharks at Shark Ray Alley went. Oh, yeah, that was super fun. Okay, so we have really snorkeled around the world um, in some incredible places. But I have to say this marine reserve in Belize was absolutely incredible. I think part of it was the guide we went to. He was extraordinary, pointing out things in a very unique way we hadn't ever experienced. But I think it was the clarity of the water. It was so crystal clear. The colors of the fish, just everything was so bright. Um, illuminating it was gorgeous and you're surrounded by these colorful fish and eels and rays and turtles you name it so you'll kind of snorkel through this beautiful marine reserve and then this is most likely if you're doing a package tour they'll take you to the marine reserve and to shark ray alley so then you will get on this boat and they will drive you just a short distance to another area where as we were approaching we started seeing all these fins coming close to our boat and they were nurse sharks. Now it's called Shark Ray Alley. We didn't actually really see any rays there, but we saw a boatload <laughs> or an ocean full <laughs> of, of sharks. Um, okay, so they start circling around. I think, I mean, I know it was because our guide was dropping a little bit of food into the water. And I know there's some you know, questions on whether that's good or not, but um, that's what they did. So we probably had about 20 nurse sharks circling around and our guide looks at us and says, okay, jump in. We're like, wait, we're jumping in. You're not going first. He said, nope, you guys go. I'm just going to stay on the boat, make sure everything's okay. And I think he was going to be continuing to drop in the food. So I begged my husband to go first. There's no way. I, would. I mean, literally, you're, look, you're looking at all these sharks down at you, and you just have to jump to the middle of them. So I begged my husband. He went first. I followed in my kids. And then you just kind of stay near the boat. You just swim you know, uh, not too fast. And you're basically floating while the sharks are just swimming right around you. They're getting up into your face, but they might brush against you. But it it was exhilarating, intimidating, frightening, you know, 
energizing all at the same point that it was incredible. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend that one as well. I've heard of people who will sit on the boat and I think it's still fun to just see all those sharks hanging around, but if, if you can jump in, do it for sure. Love that. So cool. It sounds like you and your family had such a great trip full of a lot of adventures and listeners can read even more about your Belize adventure by clicking the link in the show notes uh, that has your one week in Belize with kids article and they can read more of your work by visiting your travel 80 by 80 blog. Now you've been on the show before, but for anyone out there that hasn't listened to your other episode yet, can you talk about your blog and what travel 80 by 80 is all about? Yeah, sure. So I run a family travel blog called Travel 80 by 80, which is basically all about encouraging families to travel. So I, you know, I really think it's possible to see all corners of the world as a family. And through the tips and stories and inspiration on the blog, I basically hope to inspire other families to travel with their kids. And then you will notice that, you know, we do try to find a lot of local and cultural activities. So I cover that in the blog as well. And then for those aren't familiar, the reason I call my blog Travel 80 by 80 is because I have a goal to reach 80 countries by the time I'm 80. So every time we travel, we try to find a new destination, a new country to explore together as a family. And it's been a fun adventure for sure. And it's a great blog as well. Listeners, definitely check it all out. And how can we stay up to date with your travel adventures on social media? Sure. So my handle on all the social channels is at travel 80 by 80. That's the numbers eight zero by eight zero. Um, I'm primarily on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok and Facebook as well. But those I would say are the three main areas. Awesome. Uh, it's been so great having you on the show, Laura. Thanks again for joining me to talk all about Belize. This was such a wonderful conversation. And uh, honestly, it's now it's more on my radar as a place that I want to see someday. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to join the show. You're welcome. And I think people forget that it's, it's so close. It's so easy to get to. So it's definitely a destination that should not be overlooked. A big DBE thank you to Laura. Please make sure to check out the Travel 80 by 80 blog and follow Travel 80 by 80 on social media. There's some more info on that down in today's show notes. I would also love it if you could follow this podcast, Destinations Beyond Expectations, on Facebook and Instagram. Please consider subscribing to this show wherever you're listening. And if you have a few seconds to rate and review DBE, that would be amazing. I really appreciate you tuning in as always. Have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.